as we sing together. And tonight we are going to try something a little bit different as we go through our songs on the screen. Uh, we're going to try um, showing some of the notes along with the words as we sing together. And uh, so that'll be something for us to focus on, especially with our newer songs. Uh, maybe that will help us. And uh, so as, as we do that together, if you would please stand and let's sing number 528. Have you ever noticed that when it comes to describing spiritual matters, our English language is incredibly inadequate? It's difficult for us to put into words the things we read about in the Bible and the spiritual matters describing God. In fact, no human language has ever been completely adequate to capture everything that God would uh, be translated into. In fact, that's why Jesus so many times in his parables uh, would, would start off by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he would fill in the blank. And sometimes it would be a mustard seed, and sometimes it might be leaven, or it, it might be someone to go out and plant seed. There was no one story or one analogy that could fully capture every aspect of what the kingdom of heaven was. There aren't any words that can describe that adequately. In fact, even as he described the father, we have the parable of the prodigal son, and we also have the parable of the master who comes back to his servants who had each been given an allotment of money. In one parable, we see a God who is rushing and eager to forgive us out of his love. And in another parable, we see a God who expects us to do something with what we've been given. Well, both of those images are true because there's no one story that can fully capture every aspect of God. The same is true in Jesus. When we look at Jesus' life in the New Testament, we see that there's no one description that fully captures everything about his essence, his, his mission, and his purpose. 
And Jesus made several I am statements in the book of John, several statements where he would say, I am, and then follow that up with a description. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight in our, our fifth Sunday scene. And you can see them on the screen behind me. I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life, and the true vine. Now, these are, this is not an exhaustive list of what we could describe Jesus as, but these are some statements Jesus makes. And it's very powerful to see how each of these statements is true. And as we look through, we see that Jesus was the bread of life because we know that as his body and his flesh was broken on the cross, broken for us, that allows us to have eternal life. He was the light of the world because we live in a dark place. We need a light to guide our way. He was the door because he is the only way that we can enter heaven. The only way we can have access to the riches for eternity that is found in heaven is through Jesus Christ. And as we continue on through these, through these descriptions of Jesus, we see that he's the good shepherd because he cares for his sheep. And we also see that the, he's the resurrection and the life because he defeated death and ultimately gives us the opportunity to share in that victory. He's the way, the truth, and the life because he's the only path that we can take to eternal salvation. He's the true vine because only in Jesus can we live and can we grow. And so as we are led in song and led in scripture together, let's, let's think about these aspects of Jesus and let's reflect on what he has for us to learn. If you would turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We'll begin reading in verse 48 as we start with the first I am statement of Jesus. John chapter 6 and verse 48. Jesus says these words, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. As we reflect on that, if you would turn to number 431. 431.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, continuing our worship today to you, knowing that you are the great and gracious God, our Creator. We thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day you bless us with, and we thank you for this time that we have to come back here this evening to lift our voices in praise to you and to read scripture from your word. We thank you for this congregation that meets here, for the leaders, the elders that oversee us, and for the deacons that carry out the many great works. We pray that we all find our place here, that we will, that we will find our work and, and carry out your word here in this community and abroad. Be with those who are sick and suffering, those who have lost loved ones this evening. Bless them and comfort them as only you can. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. John chapter 8, verses 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Number 290. 290. Lord, the light of the next scripture can be found in John 10, verses 9 and 10. John 10, verses 9 and 10. And that can be found in your pew Bible on page 950. 950. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, 
he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that that might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Please turn to number 616. Six one six will sing the first and third verses only. I'll be reading from John, the 10th chapter, verses 11 through 17, or through 16. John 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Number 533. 533.
am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, verses 25, 26, and 27, Jesus is speaking to Martha about her brother Lazarus after he died and before he was raised again. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. Let's sing number 590. 590. Jesus is
I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Uh, I will be reading from John 14, verses 6 and 7. John 14, 6 and 7. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do, you do know me and have seen him. Let's sing number 31. 31. And we'll sing the first verse. And then in place of the second verse, we're going to sing, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's the same melody, but we'll just emplace those words. I am the vine. I will be reading John chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. John 15, 1 through 7. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Let's sing number 705, 705.
no words in any language that can adequately describe Jesus, who he was, and his mission. There are no words that can adequately describe God. And as we've seen Jesus describe himself by saying, I am, I'd like for us to look at one other place where Jesus says those words and to see what it means. If you would flip over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, here Jesus is confronting a group of Pharisees. And you can imagine that Abraham was very important to those who were Jewish Pharisees. We've been talking about that on Sunday mornings as we've gone through Galatians, as Paul refers to Abraham. And Jesus makes a statement here that would have shocked those that were around him. He says in verse 58 of John chapter 8, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And when he said those words in Greek, the ego eimi would mean I am that I am. And that's the same name that God gave to Moses in the burning bush when God says, say that I am sent you. I am that I am. God is. God is the only being that can say I am, and that's a completely accurate sentence because he's always been and he always will be. I am. And that word as it was translated throughout the years is what we would know of as, as Jehovah or Yahweh. We're not sure exactly how to pronounce it because as the scribes were recording that name, they were so afraid of taking the Lord's name in vain, they wouldn't pronounce it. They would substitute a different name in place when they were reading the scripture aloud. Often what we would know of as Lord, they would put in that place. And in fact, when those scribes were writing it down, that's the one word that after they wrote it, they would go and ceremonially cleanse themselves before they came back to write again. They were so worried about taking the name in vain. That name was so precious and so valuable. And for Jesus to stand in front of the Pharisees and to say, I am, would have been a very powerful statement. It did several things. He was using the Greek form of their holiest name to describe God. He was also making himself equal to the same God that spoke to Moses. Keep in mind that Pharisees and the Sadducees, those Jewish groups, they specialized in the law of Moses. Jesus is saying that he's equivalent to the God that gave that law to Moses. And also he was saying that God isn't bound by time like we are. And so there's so much wrapped up in this name, I am. And so it's become clear that although no human language can adequately describe God, can adequately describe Jesus or the work of God's Spirit, we know that Jesus was the great I am because he was equal to the God that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. We know who Jesus is. We know he is the great I am. The question we have to ask ourselves is who are we? How are we going to respond to that message? In the Old Testament, when in the book of Exodus, when Moses encountered the burning bush and God came to him and said, I am, eventually, after making several excuses, Moses accepted the mission that God had for him. But if you'll notice... These Pharisees, when Jesus said, I am, in verse 59, they picked up stones to throw at him. There are two very different reactions here. We can accept who God is and what God wants our mission to be, or we can reject God. We see both of those decisions throughout the Old and the New Testament. And the question remains for us as we think of Jesus and who he is, what are we going to do with Jesus? Have we been to Jesus for that cleansing power? Have we been washed in his blood? Have we submitted to the great I am? that we've sung about all evening. If you are here tonight and you would like to start that journey in the service of the great I am, if you'd like to submit your will to God's, to accept Christ as the, as the Lord of your life, as, as God's 
Savior that was sent for us to submit to that will in baptism and to begin that Christian walk, this would be a wonderful opportunity to submit to the great I Am. Maybe you already have, but you can think of times recently when you've rejected Jesus, when you've looked a lot more like the Pharisees than Moses. If there's anything that we can do to help you here, please come as we stand and sing together. This evening we have the privilege of coming together as a church family in prayer on behalf of Katie Hanna. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Katie was one of our seniors that recently graduated and uh, began school. And she has come forward and she has said that she wants to be a better example, that she hasn't been living the way she wants to live. And uh, she says it's, it's time for there to be a change. And uh, I, th I think anyone who knows Katie knows the servant heart that she has. Anyone who has seen her working in either in the classroom teaching children or working on our VBS or mission trips, uh, you know the, the kind of life that she leads and her earnest desire to serve God. And we want to help her do that. And it says a lot about her that she's come forward to share this with us. And we have the privilege of praying on her, her behalf. So if you would, please bow with me. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer, for the awesome power that is found in it, not because of any power we have, but because of your power. And we ask that you would please 
help us always to use this avenue as a way not only to communicate with you, but also to be honest with ourselves and to share our sins and our shortcomings. Father, we come to you this evening on behalf of Katie Hannah, and we ask that you would be with her. Father, as she has come forward and she has confessed that she wants to rededicate herself to your service, and Father, if there are any sins there, we pray that you would forgive her of those, and uh, we ask that you would help us to be an encouragement to her. Father, we know you've told us that you are faithful to forgive us, and we thank you for that gift of forgiveness. Father, we thank you for, for Katie's life, for what she means to this uh, church family, as well as her, her physical family, and uh, we thank you for the influence she's had in so many lives, and we pray that you would continue to help her as she rededicates herself, and help us as well to work alongside her and to encourage her. Father, we know that none of us are perfect, and each of us makes mistakes on a daily basis, but we thank you that we serve the one who is perfect, the one who came for us, and we thank you for the forgiveness that's available in his blood. Please be with us as we leave this place and go out through this week. Help us to follow Katie's example and to be honest with ourselves and always rededicate ourselves to serving you in new and better ways. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of these things. Amen. If you are here and have not had a chance to take the Lord's Supper, as we sing this song, if you head out to the foyer, one, someone will direct you where you can go to partake of that. Turn your hymn books to number 768. 768. Let's all stand. Before closing prayer will be number 800. Number 800. We'll sing the first and third verses.
Dear Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given to us and all the many blessings of it. And just thank you for letting us come here tonight and learn about your word. And uh, thank you for all the lessons we've heard today and help it to guide us and lead us through this week and through the rest of our lives. And thank you for Katie coming forward tonight. And just please be with her and be with all those who are in need of you and are sick. And uh, we just thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross through us from our sins. It's his son's name we pray. Amen.